is the Flex Network. <laughs> this is the Flex Network. Flex on them. Flex on everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Flex Network. I am your host, Flex Shane. You can follow me on Twitter at the Flex Network One. Today, I am joined once again by the true fantasy football degenerate at Mike underscore Dickinson. Mike, what the hell is going on, brother? What's going on, man? I'm stoked to be back here again. Uh, and I feel very, very confident that I will do absolutely nothing to supplant Brandon in the number two chair. Yeah, that's that's, that's right. Brandon is out this week. I think he's out in New Jersey. He, he plays uh, sled hockey, and so... I, uh, his team does touring all over the U.S. and I'm pretty sure that's where he is. He's in New Jersey this week, so uh, yeah, he hopefully is. he gets he, a uh, W to make it worth it. <laughs> it he brought that uh, 32 degree Colorado weather out with him, so this is. I don't think it's coincidence that uh, Brandon Adam is on the East Coast and we have our first sub freezing days out here. Oh man, don't 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 get me started. I mean, I, so I live in Canada. I live in Western Canada, and. Oh. Uh, I don't live in BC. I don't live in BC, but right now those floods in BC and, and even they're, they're, they go south into into the Washington State, and it's it's crazy, man. It's just it's uh, I don't want to talk about it, but it's it's depressing, man. It's depressing. Yeah. Uh, we are here to talk about football, which is fantastic. Yes. And um, look, so so today on the show, what we really want to get into is we want to talk about just general strategy as we get into the home stretch um we have four weeks left in the regular season before you hit your your fantasy football playoffs and it's kind of do or die season right and, and really we've we've categorized it into three teams there's the teams that are completely out of it there's the teams that are in the hunt and then there's the teams that are projected to coast into the playoffs and uh hopefully you're at least the latter two of of those two choices but uh it's this is kind of the fun part of the season i mean uh, Bill Belichick always talks about, I'm, I'm a Patriots fan, but Bill Belichick always talks about that the NFL season really starts after Thanksgiving. Well, guess what, ladies and gentlemen, we are at Thanksgiving and I will say U.S. Thanksgiving because, you know, as Canadian, we have ours in October, but uh, yeah, man, the season is here, man. So uh, first off, Mike, in general, how are you doing in your leagues? Let's, let's talk uh, seasonal, right? Dynasty is kind of a different piece, but how are you doing in your seasonal leagues? Yeah, all my seasonal leagues, I'm, I'm cruising along pretty well. Um, I think that being a dynasty player, you come into redraft leagues with a distinct advantage. You've been doing months and months and months and months of research. You know, you've been in startups, you've been looking at your rookies. Uh, I think one of the traps that I fell into this year was that because I'm so excited about what these rookies are going to do when they get into the league, I kind of pulled the trigger on them a little bit early and I tried to force them into my lineups a little earlier than I should yeah. have. Um, but by and large in all my seasonal leagues, uh, save one, um, I'm poised for a playoff run. I had, I had one league where my two starting running backs were cook and Antonio Gibson. Um, oh, and yeah. that looked great coming out of the draft season. And then Gibson didn't do me any favors. And then <sighs> it's a super flex league. Russ Wilson got hurt and fields didn't come on at the right time. So it, uh, it, it comes down to me. I didn't manage, I didn't manage the roster properly, but, uh, I felt really yeah. good coming out of that draft and it did not serve me well at all. Look, man, it happens. Uh, people with Derrick Henry, they were looking poised to just pretty much stroll into the playoffs and frankly take down the leagues, and then things can change at the drop of a dime. I I, I need to apologize because I, I committed the cardinal sin in one of our leagues. Actually, that half-season uh, league that we were in, we drafted about three, four weeks ago now. Yep. I, I'm i sorry, and it's actually uh, says his wife, Stacy that I'm playing against this week. I started Cordero <laughs> Patterson. I thought that I had taken him out. I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody does it. 
too many damn leagues. I'm going to leave it at that. So I apologize, Stacey. And uh, congratulations on the uh, on the win this week. Folly, <laughs> what is going on? Welcome to the show. So let's get started here. Okay, so I, we're not going to belabor the point, but if you were out of the playoffs, Mike, what do you suggest for the rest of the season for these people? So if, if you're dead in the water, generally there's three things. There's three kind of rules that I would look to follow. Um, the first is once before you hit the playoffs, make sure you keep setting your lineups. Um, you have a huge opportunity, even as a team that's dead in the water, to play spoilers. So the last thing that playoff teams want is, you know, getting, you know, if they're fighting all the way through, then they end up running against you. You don't set a lineup and then you end up you end up changing the seating, you end up changing buys, everything like that. So, you know, it fantasy is supposed to be fun. I get that you're bummed out that you're not in the playoffs, but keep setting lineups, see how well you can play, you know, kind of challenge yourself, dive a little bit more into some analytics and see if you can see if you can devise a strategy that's going to serve you well going into next season. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing, right? What makes a good league is a strong league that participates. I mean, you, you love like the league chat and that sort of thing, but really what you want is you want a competitive league, right? So even if your team's out of it, just continue to set your lineups. I mean, shit, play the waiver wire, right? Like we, we like parody in the leagues. And um, especially if, if you're a team that's trying to get into the playoffs and the team ahead of you is playing against this dud that's in 12th place that hasn't set their lineup, it just it ruins the parity of the league, right? So just play every game and keep doing it. Uh, Chad Young chiming in here. Morning, boys. I'll be going to the Monday Night Football game on and on field for salute for service. That is amazing, Chad. That is that's pretty awesome. damn sick. Yeah, so of course it's, it's the Giants against Pittsburgh. Oh, no, excuse me. It's the, uh, the Giants against Tampa Bay. On Tampa Bay yep. so that'll, that'll be a fun one. That's going to be a really fun one. Chad, yeah. that, that sounds like that sounds awesome, man. Um, Good for you. T- yeah. Okay. So let's go on the other side of the coin here. Uh, teams that are pretty much locked into the playoffs. What are you doing to assure that you are going to have a successful playoff run and just frankly melt the souls of your competitors? So one quick thing uh, for non-playoff teams. Once the playoffs start, stay off the waiver wire. Don't don't add drops. Oh, yeah. Anything like yes. that. Continue to set your lineups, uh, obviously, but do not add drop. Leave the waiver wire for the playoff teams. I just want to get so that. You, out you think like so right now, if you're out of the playoffs, you're saying don't play the waiver wire? No, 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 no. Once the playoffs start, you can continue oh, to play the waiver wire. Yeah. You can continue to play the waiver wire now. And this goes along to playing spoilers. So you know, if you if you're going up against an opponent and you see that his quarterback's on by, he hasn't picked anybody up. Go ahead and grab, go ahead and grab the top the top waiver wire guy, and you know, block him a little bit. That's a little bit of gamesmanship. I, I'm all for gamesmanship all the way through the regular season, but once the playoffs start, leave the waiver wire to the playoff teams. Absolutely, um, totally agree with that. So, so you're in the playoff. You're yep. you're sitting at probably one of the top two, three teams. What are you doing to make sure that you're going to have a successful playoff run, Mike? So I'm, uh, I am doing three things. The first thing I'm doing is I'm dumping my early season dart throws. So if you're like Brandon Adam, if you're like Brandon Adam, you have somehow two copies of Rondale Moore on every single one of your redraft teams. (laughs) Um, and as, as much as I like him as an NFL player, we had this discussion all preseason, as much as I like him as an NFL player, uh, he bought his mom a house. Great guy. I like the cut of his jib. He's just not going to win you a championship. And quite honestly, you're probably not going to play him in one of your in one of your playoff matches when you need to put points up and you need to win a head-to-head matchup. So what I would do in that situation, I would look to back up the guys that I have, um, try and secure your handcuffs. If you got a down cook and for some reason you don't have Alex Madison, get him, get him right now. Um, mm-hmm. And then 
the other thing that, uh, the second thing that I would do is I would look at my schedule. Um, every league is a little bit different. Some leagues run two week playoff matches. Some weeks run week to week. Um, but there are, there are significant buys in week 14, of the NFL this year. So if you've been riding, say, say you've been riding Michael Pittman, um, and your playoffs start week 14, or you've been riding JT, uh, the, the Colts go on by week 14. So that's going to present kind of an issue for you. So make sure you got options for those guys. Um, the last thing you want is to be one of the top scoring teams in your league. You know, you've been riding those guys high and then all of a sudden you get to your first matchup and you're missing your RB one and your wide receiver too. Um, yeah, limping then, into the playoffs sucks. Well, yeah. hold on a second. If your league has a week 14 playoff start, you need to t- talk to your commissioner now and make sure everybody's on board with it. You push that to week 15 because week 14 cannot be week one of the playoffs. It cannot. I agree hundred percent. I think that the only, the only situation you would end up with that is where you have some leagues that were set up that were set up previous to 2021 where the playoffs were 14, 15, 16, and then everybody was off 17. And then they just never, they never went back and readjusted. I think that's the only scenario in which you'd be set up like that. But hundred percent, if that's your situation, get it, get it squared away now. If your commissioner let that happen, I say shame on you, Mr. or Mrs. Commissioner. That is bad. That is unacceptable. Yes. Um, one thing I'll add to that is I, I would say that um, trade deadline is typically approaching in leagues right now. Um, I know in one of my leagues, my home league, it is this week. And uh, I would say that right now is a time that if you are in the playoffs, this is what you want to do. You want to consolidate, right? You want to take two average players and see if you can get yourself a monster. Like the thing is, is that, and we'll get to this in a second here, teams that are in the hunt, they need wins every single week. Right. And so I would say that if that player, and this kind of ties into the same strategy, if that player can get two legitimate starters that are going to upgrade their overall starting lineup, they should be inclined to do that. Um, If you're not in the playoffs, but you're in the hunt for the playoffs, you need to do everything that you can. And the thing is, is that these strong players or these strong teams that already have like, you know, the legit um, strong RBs, they're not going to give them up. Right. But if there's kind of a weaker team or a mid-level team, they're willing, I'm, I'm willing to sell one of my really stud players to get two legitimate players. If my overall lineup starting lineup is going to improve the opposite side is if I can get a legit stud player because I've got some depth on my, on my starting roster and look, Honestly, most of these top-level teams, you probably have a pretty good depth, right? That's how you got to where you are in, in the league to begin with, uh, just battling these crazy injuries, players out with COVID. Thank you, Amari Cooper. Um, and that's how they're in, right? So if you can sell two of your players and get one stud to just totally bolster your lineup, that that's what I'm doing. Absolutely. Yeah, I got a team this week where I lost D Hop already, and then mm. I lost Cooper. So mm. um, I'm rolling dirty in that team. But honestly, I'm I'm kind of <laughs> I I I went a modified. I guess you would call it a modified zero RB strategy in the draft. So my okay. running backs are solid. I I traded for Carter. Um, I got Eckler. Interesting. I got Damian Harris, Daryl Daryl Williams. Uh, but honestly, if somebody threw me an offer throwing me a receiver this week. If I was a weaker team, I might jump at it. So, you know, look at, look, look at those teams. There's, there's teams out there that are hit, that are hit with injury and are hit with COVID and everything's lined up against them. They just need a win and they might make some desperate moves. Absolutely. Desperate times call for desperate measures. At the end of the day, nobody really cares if you're on the playoffs or on the outside looking in 
only thing that, that matters is getting into the playoffs, getting into the dance, as they say, chipping a chair and you've got an opportunity, right? So it's all you I, need, I, baby. I think, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, it's look, I mean, unfortunately, sometimes teams are going to be tough to really, you know, take the claws off of some of those, those high end players, but just send, send them a text too, or send them a message in, in your uh, league chat. Like, don't just blindly send trade offers, right? Because sometimes you're not going to be successful. The best way to get a, a deal done is by actually talking to these players and looking at their teams, look at what they need, compare that to how you need it, what, what you need on your team, and then you can actually get a, a deal done. If you're just blindly throwing out offers, yeah, maybe you might catch a fish, but chances are you you won't, right? So this is a time where you got to go talk to people, go network, go get it done, and frankly, let, like I said, let's get to the dance. So with that in mind, let us get into the week 11 slate. All right, Mike. So it is an interesting week. There's going to be lots of teams that are playing lots of games this week. Don't, there's only two teams on by. There's the Broncos and then there's the Rams. So obviously from the Rams perspective, there's a fair number of fantasy relevant players that are going to be on your bench. Unfortunately, kind of is what it is. Um, and then on the Broncos side, I mean, look, Jerry Judy's back. We love him. Uh, from running back perspective, Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, they're solid RB2 slash flex options every single week. Cortland Sutton, my dear, beautiful, sweet Cortland Sutton. Hopefully they <laughs> get it right. I know. Hopefully they get it right in, in this uh, in this bye week and say, hey, listen, Cortland Sutton, you're a stud. Get you the damn ball. I don't know. It, it, it's it upsetting. Aside, but it's oh, I'm, I'm 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 on tilt, man. I'm just I'm so tilted. I've, I've got a lot of Cortland Sutton this season, and yeah, in, in actually more mainly in Dynasty, and uh, I I have I have good teams, so where I have them, so I need them to, to freaking perform. Otherwise, I will be on tilt. But yeah, they also just <sighs> paid uh, Tim Patrick like thirty million dollars. Good lord, Tim Patrick. Yeah. Ah, man, it's look. You love solid wide receiver threes like that on a team, but that's exactly what he is. He's a wide receiver three. Okay, I don't want. I, I didn't want to go on a tangent about the Denver Broncos, but Mike, yeah. you, you got me on tilt, right? Sorry, the things sorry, that sorry, they're sorry. doing is exactly what you want a team to do from the offensive perspective, right? You have got your, your your massive elf on the outside that's proven that it can that it can win um, those 50-50 matchups in Cortland's side, and you now have your your um, let's call it the Lightning, and or yeah, I guess it would be more so the Lightning, right? Uh, with Jerry Judy, who's mm-hmm. going to go and he's going to get you probably seven, eight, nine receptions every single week, but the problem is the quarterback play is just average and um, it was kind of interesting. So like this week um, following the, the Thursday night game, which was the new England Patriots against the Atlanta Falcons. Um, a lot of, there's a lot of people out there that are just like, look, man, like get Matt Ryan the hell out of Atlanta. If Atlanta, the Falcons are going to do right by, by Matt Ryan, get him the hell off the team, right? Give him an opportunity to go out there and actually compete. I mean, you looked at the sideline at the end of that game and everybody was kind of just dejected, but Matt Ryan looked pissed off, man. He was pissed off that nobody came to perform. So, you know, you look at a a player like Matt Ryan and look, the Eagles thought that they were win now mode when they, when they drafted Kyle Pitts, love Kyle Pitts. He shouldn't have gone four overall in the draft. It was just, it was bad process. It was just not smart. Right. Yeah. So Matt Ryan, I would say is potentially a candidate for to, to change teams next year. Uh, Russell Wilson, we know what's going on there. He's probably a candidate to change teams next year. Aaron Rodgers is potentially a candidate to change change teams next year. If if Denver Broncos can get any one of those three quarterbacks, that would be an absolute friggin' win for them, in my opinion. But that's it. We're not going to talk about that. Oh, yeah, there's that guy. 
I was, ta- I was talking earlier that he was going to end up out there. So, I mean, yeah. a- any any one of those guys all is a huge upgrade for that entire receiving core and quite honestly for that entire that entire offense. I mean, Teddy, yeah, no. Teddy and Drew Locke don't scare you. So, you know, you got obviously they're they're heavily invested in their running backs. So, yeah, I mean, you can you can plan against a, you can plan against a run game. You can man them up and it's uh, it, it they're not. They're not playing 2021 football. They're playing uh, 1998 football. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm going to give credit where credit's due. Teddy Bridgewater, my biggest worry coming into the season was he wasn't going to be able to push the ball downfield. He actually did a pretty decent job with the deep ball. Uh, the problem is they've, got, they've gotten away from it. They got away yeah. from it, and it just drives me nuts. So we're 16 minutes into the show. Mike, we're just going to get started with the slates. So let, let's get going here. We, let's let's start it off. We've got Arizona at Seattle. So speaking of Kyler or of uh, Russell Wilson, uh, he's coming back. He still has a broken finger. You've got the splint. Uh, Kyler Murray is a game time decision. DeAndre Hopkins is out. Tell me, okay, let's start with the Arizona side. Who do you yeah. like on Arizona? Who are you comfortable playing in Arizona? James Cotter. That's it. Of course. Quite, what, quite you honest. Like, you don't, you don't, go ahead. You don't like Christian Kirk? I don't. I liked him a lot last week, and he he came up kind of. He was fine, but he came up kind of small. Um, honestly, I think the pass catchers there are too erratic. Uh, Colt McCoy's kind of all over the place. If he's the one that plays, Kyler Kyler might play. It's kind of with with the expanded playoffs and only one team getting a bye. It makes sense for Kyler to play, but if Kyler plays, we saw it last year. Like it kind of, he loses his mobility and that offense mm-hmm. looks entirely different when he has to pass from the pocket. So um, honestly, if, if Edmonds was active, I would say you could play Connor and Edmonds and feel good about both of them. But I don't know. I mean, the rest of these receivers are straight up dart throws. Zach Ertz seems like he would be the safest one of the bunch, but, but even that, like it, I, I don't feel good about any of them. Zach Ertz is in that is in that massive grouping of the three for 40, four for 45 tight end groups, and you pray for the touchdown every single week. I mean, he's yeah. that that's what he is, right? It's it's you roll the friggin' tight end roulette wheel and you pray for the best. I like Christian Kirk, uh, especially well in PPR leagues. Look, there's gonna be a common theme in, in the players that I'm gonna be pushing this week. These are guys that are getting opportunity in their on their teams, as well as just targets, right? Uh last week. Christian Kirk had eight targets. He had seven receptions for 58 yards. It's kind of underwhelming, but in PPR leagues, man, that that's a solid outing, right? I mean, I want 10, 11 points minimum for my starting wide receivers. And I think Christian Kirk can get you there. So look, when we're talking about flex plays, I'm going to put my stamp of approval on Christian Kirk this week. I don't care if Kyler Murray plays or if he doesn't play uh, with DeAndre Hopkins out. Christian Kirk is a man. Uh, we talked about Rondell Moore. I agree with you hundred percent, right? Especially when Kyler's out unplayable love Rondell. Not going to be this season, right? Um, nope. You were you were praying for for gold if that's going to happen. On the Seattle side, Chris Carson they finally gave uh, had season ending surgery this week. Look, when it's a neck injury, that worries me. You know, you you, pay, you pray for the player. Um, Alex Collins looks like he's going to play. Eh, don't love it. What about the wide receivers? You're playing DK. You're playing Tyler Lockett, right? Yep. Yeah, I have. And Tyler Lockett is kind of one of those where he's boomer bust. I have him. I have him as one of my flex plays this week. And I don't know if he's if he's somebody that you're considering as a wide as a wide receiver three or in that flex play range. But just looking at what he did last year against Arizona, that was the first game they played Arizona last year is when he had that 200 yard, 53, 
53 point monster of a slate breaker. So he always has that potential. He always has that ability. Um, you know, and coming back, coming back the second game when they played Arizona last year, he was, you know, nine, nine catches on nine targets for 67 and the touchdown. So, um, they're uh, neither one of their cornerbacks scary much. Um, DK gets a really, really juicy get juicy matchup against Marco Wilson, who, despite popular Ooh. belief, is not the long uh, sought after six member of the Backstreet Boys. He is actually an NFL cornerback. <laughs> uh, I verified that. He's also giving up 0.44 fantasy points per route run when he's in coverage. So um, DK is gonna DK is gonna feast against him. I think that Lockett's going to feast against him. Russ looked rough last week, but that run game looks yeah. a lot rougher with those with the with the uh, stable of their trotting out there. Yeah, I mean, the general belief with Russ is just the fact that he came back too early, right? I mean, he he's ahead of the time, or he was ahead of the timeline. And Russell Wilson, he's a he's a gamer. I love Russell Wilson as a player, but maybe he should have waited one more week. It's just it, it didn't look good last week. It no, it didn't last week. Let's move on. Baltimore Ravens at Chicago. So uh, it is actually Baltimore's favorite by six points. It's 44.5 points over under. Talk to me. So on the Baltimore side, uh, this seems like this happens a lot with Lamar. He misses Wednesday, Thursday with a mystery illness. They kick him out of the facility. They make sure to tell you that it's non-COVID. I think the guy eats a lot of Chipotle. I think he's got a lot of uh, AJ Brown like stomach issues. That's the only thing that I can think of. It seems to happen on the regular with him. Um, it's in a, from Baltimore receiver standpoint. It's extremely soft matchup in the secondary. It looks like Brown's going to go. I think he came off the injury report. He was on there earlier with the quad injury, but if he plays, yeah. you're not worried about him. You're starting him. Rashad Bateman can do your right. Uh, he's getting targeted on 25% of his routes run. Uh, so he's a, he's a safe flex play for you. He got you 14 points last week. You feel good about that. Does Sammy Watkins worry about that? Worry about Sammy that, Watkins, he didn't look great last week. What he won? He had one catch for seven yards, something like that. Um, I think it's never great. Yeah. I think that if Watkins, if Bateman hadn't had, as much time without Watkins to develop that relationship with Lamar, I'd be a little bit more worried about it, but it just seems like Lamar trusts Lamar trusts Bateman. Um, you know, he's looking for Brown down the field, but it seems like, it seems like he's looking for Bateman. <clears throat> Excuse me. As well as Bateman's, Bateman. Bateman's a great receiver. He's legit, man. He's legit. Okay. Stack these players up. Elijah Moore, Rondell Moore, Rashad Bateman. In Dynasty. In Dynasty? Yeah. I'm probably going. I'm probably going Elijah Moore, Bateman, Rondell Moore in the order that you have. Interesting. Had Interesting. See, I'm going. I'm going Bateman over Elijah. It's close. And then Rondell Moore is a distant, uh, not quite a distant third, but he, he's definitely third. Mike Yeager says Mike D is a secret member of the Backstreet Boys. This much we already knew, so it's not so much of a secret, Mike. If there's no um, secret about it, baby. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> Going back to Lamar, man, maybe he's got like IBS or something like that. You know, it's not a joking matter, but I agree with you. Like, as as a fantasy manager who has Lamar on his teams, it's like every freaking week he's sick. I, yeah. I just don't get it. And it was even in the off season he was sick all the time. So, I don't know. Maybe you need to change your diet. Maybe you need to start taking some freaking more. Vi just take vitamin C and echinacea, Lamar. That's what I do. Avoid cold <laughs> and flu season, man. Take your vitamin C. Take your echinacea. Keep getting your exercise. And get some damn zinc. That's right. On the Chicago side. This yeah. one's a little bit interesting. Allen Robinson's out, but kind of who cares, right? Darnell Mooney. This is a player that we love. Do you, would you trust Darnell Mooney on a weekly basis as just a plug-and-play wide receiver three flash flex option? Or yeah, is this I think a guy I, that 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I would. I have him in, in my notes here. I have him that he's a, I, this week I'm putting him in as a wide receiver two, three, like a low end two, high end three. So yeah. you feel decent about it. It's uh, as much as the fantasy industry has tried to will Allen Robinson into existence this year. It's just, it's just not happening for him. I don't know. We were hopeful that he was getting the best quarterback play of his life, whether it was uh, Andy Dalton or Justin Fields, but something just something's looked off. I don't know if he'll be a Chicago bear next year. Quite honestly, I hope that uh, Matt Nagy is not a Chicago bear next year. And I think that, I think that, I think that, I think that the odds are pretty good on that. Um, so hopefully whoever the new coach that comes in there can kind of build that offense around the strength of their, the strength of that team. I mean, they have a solid core. If you're, if you're telling me that I can build offensively for the future with Justin Fields, David Montgomery, Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney, and Cole Komet, let's go wheels up, like giddy up. That's a, that's yeah. a great offensive core to build around. Yeah, Cole Komet, look, I was not a Cole Komet guy. I, I, he was fine, but I, I feel like he was overdrafted and, he's finally starting to look decent these last few weeks. Right. And, and that to me makes a huge difference. Um, last four weeks, his targets have been five targets, six targets, six targets, eight targets. Yeah. That's respectable. Again, though, he's one of these four for 45. You pray for the touchdowns. Uh, the, the million dollar question, Mike, if you've got, if you're in a super flex league, are you comfortable starting Justin Fields this week? Comfortable? No, but you might not have better options. So, I think the one yeah. thing that you, the one thing that you can kind of hang your hat on and hope for the best is that I think that Baltimore is going to blitz him, and once once he sees that pressure, I think he's he feels that pressure. He's one look and he's out. So he's 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 got great mobility. You know, he can easily put up 100 plus yards with his legs. So if if that's the way that it plays out, you feel good about that. Mike has a question for us. Are you starting Darnell Mooney or Jeff Wilson in a PPR? If Elijah Mitchell's out, which he's looking doubtful, I'm starting Jeff Wilson, right? Like every time Jeff Wilson's played, he has produced. And look, you, you, you're taking a starting running back on the San Francisco 49ers over any wide receiver on, on the Chicago Bears right now. That's just, to me, that's that's kind of an easy one. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I do 100%. And a general rule when you're deciding on flex positions, always, if you're if they're fairly even, and this appears to be a fairly even matchup, lean towards the the volume running back over the wide receiver. Absolutely. Look, it's all about opportunity, right? In fantasy football and the running back is going to get more opportunity than a wide receiver. That's just the bottom line. Of yep. course, Mike start talking shit. He's starting fields over Trevor Lawrence. That's, that's an easy one, Mike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that, an easy one. Yes. That's a very easy one. All right. So this is, let's move on to what I think is going to be a really fun game. The Buffalo bills versus Indianapolis Buffalo is favored by seven and a half points. It's one of the higher over unders of the week. It's 49.5 points. I, I kind of like everybody on the Buffalo side. Of course, just starting uh, Jonathan Taylor in season long, but I'm thinking twice about starting him in DFS. So let's talk about the Buffalo side. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders has not looked good the last couple of weeks. Cole Beasley was dealing with a rib issue, but he's now taken off of the injury report. My, Emmanuel Sanders is still number five in the league, Mike, on in total air yards. So, one, are you comfortable starting either of these guys as flex plays or wide receiver threes? Uh, Sanders, give me Sanders over Beasley. I think that, yeah. I think that Knox eats into Beasley's role. Yeah. Knox is back, man. And actually this is a really good point. So the number two tight end matchup on the week. So Dawson Knox could have a big week. And frankly, you know, in this tight end wasteland that is, well, every season, frankly, Dawson Knox is, I would consider him probably a top five, six tight end. He is 
a starter every single week. I would consider starting Dawson Knox in my flex, especially in tight end premium leagues. I oh, would yeah. consider starting Dawson Knox in my in my flex. Um, on the Indianapolis side, you've got Michael Pittman. You're probably going to be starting him. What do you feel about Naheem Hines? Could this be a game that Buffalo gets up, in which case Indy pushes towards Naheem Hines? It is. So Buffalo is a touchdown plus favorite at this point. So uh, mm-hmm. I have on my other notes for the Buffalo side, I have that the script feels like it could go to Moss. So if you need to get him in as a, if you need to get him in as a flicks, yeah, I, you don't feel great about it, but it's not, I don't think it's going to be a shootout and Buffalo could get up early and they could go back to the ground game. So we've seen that happen a couple of times where Buffalo gets up and they just ground it out on the, they just grind it out with, with Moss on the ground. So um, that's there. That said, if that happens, yeah, then that means that uh, that Indy's playing from behind, and I will I will officially take my L for starting Wentz over Hertz last week. That was an ab- that was an abysmal decision. Um, I apologize to the internet for that. Um, there you go. <laughs> yeah, don't um, don't worry, internet. I, I shamed Mike. I shamed Mike publicly on Twitter for yes. that choice last week. Yep, absolutely. Um, it, uh, you know, I think that uh, getting back to the uh, to the indie running backs, I think that Hines is always in play. Um, yeah, they they're they're up. They were up big uh, the Thursday night game. They were up big, and Hines put up big numbers when Taylor put up big numbers. So their production isn't mutually exclusive. It's not one or the other. Uh, they can they can both have decent games. Naheem Hines is hashtag good, and uh, unfortunately, I mean, look, actually, you know what? That's actually a good thing, right? I mean, you look at just the general wear and tear on these running backs, especially with an extra game in the season, and you want, if you're going to have a stud running back, of course you want a bell cow, but you want a bell cow that has a a competent running back to complement him, right? So that maybe they can take him off and give him a few plays off so that when he is on, he's explosive every single play. I like that. Um, I'm, I'm starting Naheem Hines with confidence as well. Another pass catching back in the next in the next game, Carolina at Washington. Uh, that would be Jaden McKissick. I'm avoiding him. I'm avoiding yeah. most players in this game. Let's call it what it is. It is a 43 point over under. Carolina's favored mm-hmm. by three and a half points. I guess because both teams are bad. Is Cam Newton back? Is he back? Like he says, he's back. Is he back, Mike? Is he back? He he said he was. Matt Rule said he, he, said was. he was. Back. Well, technically, yeah. Matt Rule said he was going to start, which means he's going to take the first snap. But Rule also said that there are packages there are packages in place for PJ Walker. So, you know, I think in a in a two QB league, if you if you got some injuries, uh, if you had to start, if you if you had if you were deciding between Matt Ryan and uh, Cam Newton, and you sat Matt Ryan, you you can feel okay mm-hmm. about Cam. You you know he's going to get you. He's a he's always a, a danger to vulture. Uh, goal line, goal line runs from CMC, but you know you don't worry about that because McCaffrey's going to make up that volume in the passing game. Um, you know Cam's got Cam's got the noodle arm, but uh, it doesn't it doesn't seem to affect his floor all that much. Guys, Christian McCaffrey had 161 yards last week. He didn't get a touchdown, but he still is an absolute freaking monster. <sighs> Strictly as a receiver, he would be wide receiver four on a per game basis this season. Yeah, where you where you put? Who are you ranking ahead? Maybe this is an easier question. I'm kind of who are you ranking ahead of Christian McCaffrey in Dynasty right now, Mike? So in Dynasty, I think that the only guys that I would have ahead of Christian McCaffrey at this point would be for certain, I would have Taylor ahead JT, of him. Probably. I would have JT ahead of him. I would have Najee ahead of him. And I as from a talent standpoint, I think that Javante could catapult ahead of him, but I don't think that I'm yeah, not quite there with be. him yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, Javon. We love Javante Williams. He is he is an absolute stud. Um, 
there, the conference it's it's I feel like it's a big bunch, right? It's it's Dalvin Cook, it's Christian McCaffrey, and that kind of that that next tier of players in Dynasty. Yeah. Would you consider DeAndre Swift in that in that tier at this point? Or not quite. I, I think that it depends on what Detroit does with their quarterback and their receiving core in the offseason. So if they go and make a move for one of those guys we talked about earlier who could potentially be on move, um, obviously, and we'll get to this game a little bit. I'm sorry that we have to talk about the Cleveland Detroit game, but it looks like Jared Jared Goff is not is not the answer there. So it depends on what they well, do. Well, he's hurt this week. Yeah. 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 So it but it but again, it this is we're talking long-term dynasty. It depends on what they do there. Yeah. If they can get better at the quarterback position, I would be more inclined to put Swift up there. But until they do, teams have no it, there's there's no reason not to play in the box. I want them to go defense next year. And because just the quarterback class just is not looking stellar to, to come in for next year. And I don't know. So uh, just to get to, to close the loop on this game, Carolina, I kind of feel like people are, are doing the same thing with Cam that they did with Odell Beckham, right? It's just like this second coming. Oh, he's going to be fantastic. Look, Cam Newton was good last year for three, four games. And then he kind of shot the bed. Like, yeah, might, maybe it was because of COVID, maybe because he's, he's bad and he's washed. Um, he, he made Robbie Anderson somewhat relevant last week because Robbie Anderson scored a touchdown. I'm, I am so worried for DJ Moore for the rest of the season. I, it's just, he, he's a player who wins on volume and yeah. I'm worried you're starting him every single week, but I, I'm really worried to do that. Frankly, it's not great on the Washington side. You're starting TMC. Of course, Terry McLaurin, you're starting Antonio Gibson. Again, I don't love JD McKissick, but that's pretty much it from the, from a skill position standpoint. Am I missing anybody, Mike? DeAndre Carter. I have so in the league where I lost D Hop and Amari, um, there wasn't there wasn't much out there that I could grab. Um yeah. so I so I I picked up DeAndre Carter, I picked up Rondale Moore. Um I'm decent the rest of the way around. So I need this is a half PPR, so I'm looking for seven to nine points out of the guy, and I feel decent that I could get that. He's gone, he's gone five, five for fifty plus the last two games, so I feel decent about where he could go. Listen, you're not gonna uh, RSJ is out. Uh, Logan Thomas yep. doesn't look like he's back, so I mean nope. they got to go somewhere else. Uh, Gibson and Gibson and JD McKissick were split in sixty forty last week. I, I don't know if that'll that'll continue, but with with what this over under is projected, I'm mean, you're looking at a 43 point over under. I think this is good, just going to be a slog fest. It's 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 a in DFS. It's a void, right? Uh, yeah. Let's get to a question for Bali. Who do you sit? This one's easy for me. Najee Harris, you're starting him. DeAndre Swift, you're starting him. AJ Dillon, whew, wheels up, baby. I'm yeah. James Robinson. Oh yeah, absolutely. Especially with with him coming into the game, questionable. One last note like, on the Carolina on the Carolina uh, Washington game. Yes. If you are in a redraft league and you play defenses, Carolina is a big time playoff D- DST stash for me. They got to they got to buy week thirteen. So if you can, if you're super savvy, go right now and grab the Minnesota defense. Uh, Minnesota gets Detroit week thirteen. So you're running with Carolina, Carolina all the way through, and then you get Detroit week thirteen. Makes me think, sweet Carolina. Yep. I'm not going to sing for you, Mike. I could sing. Do you want me to sing? I'm not going to sing. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that to our listeners. No. Considering this is an audio-based uh, <laughs> content, generally speaking, ladies and gentlemen, you do not want to hear me sing. But uh, Mike says TMC is underwhelming. He has, but he still got eight targets last week. He had six for 59. He's got a really solid floor. Every, any single week, he can put up 
four for 120 and two touchdowns. So you're starting TMC every single week. Let the talent speak for that uh, in, in that situation. Yep. All right. So this is a game. This is my second fa- my second favorite game of the week coming in. And Vegas generally agrees with me. Cincinnati coming off their bye at Las Vegas. It is a 50-point over-under, and it's only a one-point spread where Cincy's favored by a point. I, I love this game. I love it, too. I think it's a... Uh... It's it's going to be fantasy bonanza, baby. Ooh, baby. Th- yeah, see, here's the thing, right? And this is, look, okay, I play DFS for fun, so I'm not the professional. There's a lot of professional sites out there. But while everybody else is stacking that KC-Dallas game, this might be a game where if you want to get a little bit, you know, get a little bit different and uh, take down one of those tournaments, this could be a game that you want to stack. Joe Burrow, look, I'm starting him every single week, even in one quarterback leagues, unless you have, I don't know, maybe you got like a Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow type type choice i'm still i'm still considering joe burrow mm-hmm. uh t higgins he is getting the the targets jamar chase is just he's fuck he's amazing he's that let's just call it what it is is he is he the one-on-one in dynasty for for wide receivers like i i'm taking jamar chase over justin jefferson right now i'm considering him over aj brown dk metcalf is he gonna have russell wilson next year we know that T or that uh, that Joe Burrow's like, he, and he's he's ascending. He's getting better. He is who we thought he was going to be. And Jamar Chase, dare I say, is better than we thought he was going to be. I th- I think he is just because of the stability, the quarterback stability that he has. Um, I think Cousins' contract is up this year, so I'm not sure what. Yeah, I'm not really sure what Minnesota's long term plans are at quarterback. Uh, <laughs> And and everybody else, <laughs> yeah, which which is a problem, especially yeah. when you're looking at your 101 in dynasty startups. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, all those other guys that you mentioned have warts. Yeah, I mean, AJ Brown is a stud, but his his volume is you you rely on efficiency rather than volume. DK, you don't know who's going to be throwing the ball next year, and Jefferson, yeah. you don't know who's going to be throwing the ball. You know, in the in the next two to four years. So yeah, I can I can 100 get behind Jamar get behind Jamar Chase as the as the wide receiver one in dynasty. Okay. So I actually, I just threw Mike off here a little bit. Joe Burrow this week is going to be an absolute shootout. Jalen hurts. I don't want to defer or go too much to the Philly game, but Jalen hurts this week is playing against new Orleans. It's a 42 point game over under. It is a very tough matchup against the, the, the quarterback in general. Uh, frankly, new Orleans saints defense. They look legitimate, right? I'm probably starting Joe Burrow over Jalen Hurts. I, this sounds horrible. Maybe I'll be you, – you can be shaming me next week, but what do you think here? I mean, you were you were playing freaking Carson Wentz over Jalen Hurts. This is a true Here's statement. Here's the thing. I think Jalen Hurts is going to – look, Mike. Jalen Hurts is going to get you 20, 21 points. It's a guarantee. I guarantee – I'm putting a stamp, the Shane Seeley stamp of approval right here. He's probably going to be getting 20, 21 points. Yep. Joe Burrow can get 35 points. In this game, so I'm probably leaning for the upside. Joe Burrow is the lowest he's going to get is what probably 17, 18 points in this sort of a matchup. The only yeah. thing, the only thing that could stymie him is just based on the fact that uh, Joe Mixon has an absolute stellar matchup this week, um, number six uh, running back matchup. So maybe Joe Mixon has two, a two touchdown game, in which case Joe Burrow maybe only gets one or two touchdowns, right? Like to, to really break break a slate, you want your quarterback throwing at least three touchdowns, right? With some potential rushing upside, so maybe maybe it kills me, but I'm I'm probably still gonna go. Yeah, okay, Mike, look at look, it's gonna happen, okay. But Joe Burrow, I'm I'm starting Joe Burrow over Jalen Hurts this week. I think okay. it's 
I'm at I'm at fifty three forty seven on it. Burrow for who? The, for Burrow? For Burrow. That's where I'm at too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it, it's super close. I can see I can see Burrow throwing for three fifty and four just as easily as I can see uh, Jalen Hurts throwing for one seventy five and one, but also running for a hundred and one. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. Look on the Las Vegas side, man. I love Hunter Renfro. He's maybe maybe I'm just too damn conservative, but but Cole Beasley, Christian Kirk. Hunter Renfro, I like having these players on my team, man, as like the third wide receiver. These are players that aren't sexy, right? If you go back to, to dra- redraft season back in August of this year, these guys were all going to generally the same range, probably around 9 to 12. And they were like, yeah, they weren't sexy. You didn't love it because you want upside, you want upside, you want upside. But, man, in a full PPR league, if these guys are getting you a solid floor of 12, 13 points, and if they get in the end zone, they can put up 20, that's the kind of player that I want on my team. Hunter Renfro is, dare I say – uh, Derek Carr's favorite target over Darren Waller now? I, I don't know. Maybe just because the best defenders are on Darren Waller. Hunter Renfro, for the record, is one of my flex plays of the week. Oh, perfect. Yep. And I, I just saw something. I saw a stat, I guess, since uh, since Ruggs has been out. Renfro's yeah. gotten, I think Renfro's been 24% of the targets, and Waller's been 22. So he's yeah. he, he's getting the targets. Uh, Carr's one of those guys that, that needs that that needs the trust with the player and the relationship with the player. He's clearly got that with Renfro. He's got it with Waller. Um, but there's not really anybody else there that he has to trust with. He doesn't trust, he doesn't trust uh, Edwards yet. Uh, Deshaun Jackson is still too new to that team. Um, you, maybe you think Ken Drake is going to peel a little bit off, off of Renfro's Who? volume, but, but Who? I don't think so. The, I'm sorry. Who? The ghost, of, the ghost of Kenyon Drake, the ghost oh, of that Kenyon guy. Drake. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The ghost of Kenyon Drake. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you. Renfro's Renfro's absolutely in play. Um, if you got to play him as a wide receiver too, I I think you could feel good about it. Like you said, his his floor is probably 12 to 13 points, and his ceiling is is in the low 20s. On the Cincinnati yeah. side, I do have T. Higgins as one of my flex plays as well. Mm. Um, mm. Jamar Chase is going to see some Casey Hayward, but T. Higgins is T. Higgins is putting up 0.4 fantasy points for a route run. The last three games, he's run 32, 33, and 39 routes. So he's he's running routes when he's in there. Um, he's going to get looks. He's I think he's I think he's he's locked in for 13 to 15 points pretty easily this week. If you've been listening to the Flex Network all season, and I hope you have, T. Higgins is an every week starter as far as I'm concerned. Jennifer, good morning, welcome. I know you've been working these last couple of weeks. You haven't had a chance to tune in live, so glad you're here. Thank you for tuning in. We love having you listening to the show. Hopefully you are doing well in that one league that I helped you draft because it was not looking too great at the start of the season with, with our, with our AG Brown CMC start. Oh. Yeah. That one hurt. That one hurt. That, but okay. That feels like a league. That feels like a league champion in August. Oh man. I think, look, I, if I remember correctly, we went CMC, uh, AJ Brown and uh, Justin Jefferson to start off, and I was I was swimming, I was happy, I was dancing, and it it just it just was not meant to be. I don't know it, yeah. variance, ladies and gentlemen. It is a real thing. It was yeah. a theme oh. this week. Last, can we just last... talk about defense? Can, can I go on a tangent for a second about sure. variance and how it just generally pisses me off about team defenses? Mike, are you pro or anti team DS or team DST in in fantasy football? I am anti-team DST just Thank because you, just right. because every single commissioner likes to structure their scoring differently. So it is it's one of those things where if you play in enough you play in enough leagues, PPR is PPR, half is half is half, tight end premium is tight end premium. It's relatively easy to know what kind of output you're going to get from your roster on any given week. 
Yeah, I play in five different leagues that have DSTs, and the DST scoring is wildly different in every single one of them. Mm-hmm. Some of them you can go negative. Some of them you can't go negative. Some of them you lose points for yards. Some of them you lose points for scoring. Like there's no – as an industry, we've not settled on I, – I say, wait, I'm not really. I, I, I'm industry. Hey, we, you, we are officially in the industry. You yeah. are on the Flex Network, Mr. Mike Dickinson. Let's You're go, baby. Let's go. One of us, baby. Welcome. The, the industry has not settled on standardized DST scoring. Um, yeah. I would much rather play in an IDP league than a DST league. Yeah, man. Uh, DST is fun. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, IDP is kind of fun. I uh, I haven't played in it for a long time. I did a draft actually for one of my buddies early in the season, and uh, I think he is tied for first right now. So nice. pat on my back there and, and pat on his back there. But uh, look, when it comes to Team DST – I agree with you that the scoring is all over the place in my home league where we still have it, even though I've every single year voted against it. Um, they've taken away min- like minus points, which I agree with. And they've, they've, they've pretty much, we've, we've really ranked down the points you get for points scored against. Right. Cause to me, that's just so random, especially in today's NFL um, where you're going to really award points is defensive plays, sacks, fumbles, uh, pick sixes, all those sort of things. And I'm fine with that. Um, but in leagues we're like, and again, the Patriots, uh, th- that pick six at the end from Josh Rosen just was really the icing on the cake for those managers who have the, the Patriots DST. Uh, I think Mike was saying in, in one of his leagues, he put up like, not Mike Dickinson, Mike Y, Mike Yeager. Um, he put up like 36 points with the Patriots scoring. Uh, that's just, in no world should a team DST be being put up, being put up 36 points. I don't, I don't, I don't care. It just, it shouldn't happen. Um, so I don't know. Let's move on. Let's move yeah. on. One last thing on the on Cincinnati again, game. Mike. If you got to play CJ Uzoma, feel good about it. Ooh, Las I Vegas. like CJ Uzoma. That's a good one. Yes. Las Vegas Love is it. atrocious against the tight end. Atrocious. Yes. Okay. Love it. Okay. Let's move on. We're going to be here for friggin' ever, Mike. But let's okay. That's okay. We're having fun. Cleveland versus Detroit. This one's going to be quick for me. On the Cleveland side, I'm not starting anybody unless I absolutely have to. Donovan Peoples joins. He's got the groin. I don't even think he's playing. Jarvis Landry, he doesn't look good. Maybe because uh, Baker Mayfield pissed off about the whole Odell Beckham thing. I don't know. I'm not going to let you talk about that. Unless there's anybody I'm missing here, but I'm saying avoid I'm Cleveland if you can. Chubb's back. Oh, okay, sorry, Nick Chubb. Okay, all right. Yep. Nick Chubb, all right. Yeah. Yeah, you're, t- you're starting Nick Chubb. Dearness yep. Johnson, no, you just can't do it. Maybe, maybe, maybe in uh, DFS, but that's pretty much it. And then on the Detroit side, um, look, John Swift, man. You're starting him. That's that's it. Uh, we we said it. We said at the start of the show. Uh, Jared Goff isn't playing. It's going to be Tim Boyle. Is Tim Boyle as good as Jared Goff? Look, Jared Goff is what it is. But he's an okay. Like Jared Goff is still an NFL caliber quarterback, as far as I'm concerned. Who knows if Tim Boyle is? But anything on Detroit, or can we move on? No, Hawkinson, you probably don't have a better play, so plug him in. Don't feel great about it, though. Swift is going to get the volume. Feel fine about that. He touched the ball 33 times. He had 33 rushes last week. The only thing I'll say about this game, it feels like it should be a London game. It just it just mm. feels like one of those gross London games. I don't know why London? we do that. I don't know why or we do that. Thursday night. Sports. Yeah, yeah. A Thursday yeah. night London game, even worse. Oh, <laughs> that'd be so good. I if we're trying to that. sell the NFL to, to Europe, I don't know why we continue to trot those teams out there. But I mean, just giving them all the Jacksonville like we do in those atrocious games. That's just what this NFL. Is. You love your money. Get your, get yourself uh, with Detroit plays every year on Thanksgiving. Anyways, get yep. those Detroit Lions in London on for the Thursday Thanksgiving slate. That would be 
that'd be filthy that would be nasty (laughs) (laughs) the second actually my favorite game of the week i think everybody's favorite game of the week this one nobody's hiding from this one dallas at kansas city Mm 56.5 over under start anyone start everyone amari cooper's out i like zeke uh, how do you beat Kansas City? How, how do you beat any team that has a, a, a stud quarterback? You keep them off the field. You run the ball. CeeDee Lamb, I mean, we did actually, you know, when we were talking about best uh, wide receivers in the league or in Dynasty, we didn't even talk about CeeDee Lamb. He yeah. had it. He did it last week. He should. Why he is just an absolute goat. Why he's a wide receiver one on that team. Yep. Um, talk to me about the KC side. I mean, you're, you're starting, obviously, your studs. You start Hill, Kelsey. Are you, are you comfortable starting any of these guys? CMC, he might be back, but maybe not. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be back or not. So I think if CEH is back, I think that if you have – I have uh, Darrell Williams blind in a couple leagues where I don't have CEH. Yeah. I don't have CEH anywhere, thank goodness. Um, I think if I still have Darrell Williams in a, in a game like this, I'm going to start him. Uh, he's, he's a, he's a flex play. Uh, he showed what he can do in the passing game last week. Um, he's a very, very talented receiver. He's a much more talented receiver than he is runner out of the backfield. So in a game like this with, with this over under projected where it is, Kansas city is actually is averaging 68 plays a game. So, you know, they ain't playing slow. Um, I think Darrell Williams is a safe, is a safe flex play for you. And this is, this is, this is getting a little grimy, uh, play, cue up the song, but, Byron, Byron Pringle? Pringle. Byron Pringle yes. is probably free in your league right now. He's sitting out on yep. your waiver wire, just begging you to add him to your roster for your playoff run. His snap share is increasing. He was 63% of the snaps uh, last week, and he has in all likelihood supplanted McCole Hardman as a wide receiver two on that team. So I think uh, that Andy Reid has finally realized that their defense stinks, and the only way they're going to beat people is to just air it out and keep the pedal on the gas. So that bodes well for Byron Pringle. I can't believe Byron, I just said that. Motherfucking Pringle. My goodness. My goodness. <laughs> All right. Well, look, I, I, because we're running kind of tight on time here, I don't really want to get into this game. But look, we love anything and everything that has to do with this game. And I think what's kind of interesting here is Dallas is actually favored. Uh, I, I'm assuming that that's probably because it's in Dallas. Oh, no, it's in Kansas City. Uh, that shocks me a little bit. But yeah. Yeah. Dallas is favored by two and a half points. Oh, no. Never mind. No, I'm Dallas, it wrong. No, Dallas. Yeah. Casey's favorite. Okay, that, that makes sense. Yep. The world is right. All right, let's move Thank on you. to Green Bay at Minnesota. Oh, this with, Coop, with Cooper out, you can play Schultz. Love Dalton Schultz. Yes, yep. love Dalton Schultz. Um, Actually, okay, fine. You know what? We're going to do some analysis here. Fine, fine. We'll do some damn analysis. Number five matchup against tight ends. Dalton Schultz is an absolute start. And um, Michael Gallup, man, lock him in. He is good when he plays. We saw it in the first game of the season before he got injured, right? He he was demanding targets because he's getting open. And uh, look, when TD lands across the field, he's going to have opportunities. So love, love him. Start Gallup. I would even consider Cedric Wilson as an absolute pinch. I wouldn't lock him as one of my like flex plays, but Cedric Wilson is certainly a consideration. Yeah, he is. Um, uh, w- when all three of those receivers are playing, when you got Cooper – you got Cooper, CD, and Gallup. It kind of pushes Schultz to the background, but with with any one of them out, it kind of changes them up. When all three of those guys play, uh, CD is in the slot more, but with Cooper out, CD is going to be on the perimeter a little bit more. Schultz will get those slot looks. Yeah, for some reason they're saying that uh, CD was going to play the slot this week. I just don't see it happening. They're going to play him on the outside. Look, CD might might play like a little bit in the slot. He always does, but he's mm-hmm. not going to dominate his snap share in the slot uh so just a little stroke of your ego here you helped uh, mike negotiate a, a trade in one of his leagues 
oh, uh, yeah. Stephon Diggs and Justin Fields for the tie freak. I think that was a fantastic yep. swindle. Congratulations, Mike. Mike squared, we'll call it. AJ Dillon's season in Green Bay. Right? Aaron Thank Jones God. is out. He's, pro- he's got the MCL. I think he's probably going to be out two, three weeks, maybe more. Uh, these fantasy doctors, that's what they're saying. AJ Dillon, man, he, he is, and I, I can't, I can't, I don't, I don't want to steal this. This is from the Podfather, but he is really the closest thing we have to um, King Henry right now. That's still playing in the league. So we know what we know. They love AJ Dillon. They've got a consolidated passing share. It's him. It's Devontae Adams. Aaron Rodgers is pissed off. He's back. Right. Yep. Need I say more? What about no, no. side? I mean, I think. I think all the volume flows through Devontae Adams and AJ Dillon this week. Um, MVS has a great matchup, but that, I, I don't think you can play him no. with any confidence. Uh, if you're looking no. for a GPP dart throw, maybe, 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 maybe. Um, but I don't feel good about it. Devontae, just, Devontae Adams destroys Minnesota, and AJ Dillon has oh, been yeah. waiting for AJ Dillon has been waiting for this moment. And quite honestly, we've been all waiting for it for him. So we're all here for it. It's your world, AJ. We're just living in it. Devonta Adams destroys Minnesota, and Dalvin Cook destroys Green Bay. Yeah, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun game. This is actually another one. I, I think that uh, it's gonna these divisional games. They can always be kind of funny, but I, I think this is gonna be uh, sneakily high scoring. It's a forty-seven point five over under. I'm liking it. I'm liking this game. Yeah. Moving on, Houston at Tennessee. Oof, Tennessee is a ten and a half point favorite. It's a forty-five point over under. You start Brandon Cooks because Tennessee sucks against the pass. But anybody else on the Tennessee side? Absolutely. Or no, on the Houston side? Absolutely on the Houston not. Side. Nope. Absolutely okay. not. Not on the Houston side. What about Tennessee? Tennessee. Uh, I am starting Tannehill with confidence. I'm starting AJ Brown with confidence. And for one of my flex plays, give me Dante Foreman. It's the Dante Foreman revenge game, even though Houston has absolutely no yes. culpability in him tearing his Achilles tendon. Uh, he's back for it. Jeremy McNichols is dinged up. He's out with the concussion this week. Uh, everybody was hoping that Adrian Peterson was going to be the bell cow back that we saw him be in his prime. It's not, it's not panned out that way. He's only playing about 30% of snaps and he's averaging uh, about two and a half yards of carry. So Houston gives up 145 yards per game to running backs. So, uh, Foreman, Foreman sneaky as a pass catcher. I think he's going to have a great game this week. If you were one of these people who went out and spent a bunch of your fab on Marcus Johnson, cause you put up five for a hundred last week. Are you starting with any sort of confidence this week? No. Or is he just hanging on out in your bench until you see more? I think you got to see it again. Uh, AJ Brown had a, had a pretty difficult matchup last week. Uh, even though yeah. Marshawn Lattimore's not been, he's not been as great as we've seen him be. I think that he kind of, he likes playing against those big physical receivers. He yeah. seems to do really. He does really well against Mike Evans, um, and exactly. it makes sense. It makes sense that he would do well against AJ Brown. They're built in kind of that same mold. Um, I actually, I, not to not to jump ahead, but I think that I think Devontae Smith will be fine against Lattimore. Devontae Smith is a little more. He's more technical. He's he's a little quicker. I yeah. think he'll be fine against Lattimore this week. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Look, AJ Brown had two for twenty three last week. He put up a bit of a dud. Don't do not despair, people. AJ Brown is one of those studs. You're starting him every single week, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's it. All right, Jacksonville versus San Francisco, six and a half point underdog against San Francisco. Jacksonville is, for what it's worth, Jacksonville's looked a little bit better the last couple of weeks. San Francisco, same thing, right? Last week they had a very convincing win against those Rams. Let's talk about Jacksonville first. 
Yeah, I think uh, future NFL MVP Jamal Agnew deserves all the credit for. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Get out of here with that. Yeah. Now, um, I think you're starting uh, T Law as a QB2. If you have to, he's back in QB2, but you're starting him if you have yeah. to. If Robinson plays, you're playing him. Other than that, um, like I said last week, I'm in the same boat. I have to start Jamal Agnew a couple places, so I am. He he did it on the ground last week, which was odd. Um, so they've been getting they've been manufacturing touches for him. So as, as stinky as it is, and as much as it doesn't make sense to us, the the coaching staff is doing it. So we just got to follow what we see on the field. Lavisca Chanel finally had eight targets last week. Thank you. Five receptions for twenty one yards. That that is just it's totally underwhelming. Um, I was telling you before the show, Lavisca is going to be one of my flex plays. I'm kind of mm-hmm. like, I'm thinking twice about that now. But look, Lavisca Chanel is built like AJ Brown. He's built like Debo Samuel, and we see what these players can do in the NFL when they've got the right coach to get the ball in their hands, right? Because once the ball's in their hands, they can take care of business. I don't know. He just doesn't look like the same player right now. So I, if, if you have him, I'm starting him actually in, in one league because uh, I don't really have too many other better choices. So I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. You have to think that like Urban Meyer, he's only had what two months in or two and a half months now as an NFL head coach. Mm-hmm. Hopefully things are starting to click for him a little bit. Um, James Robinson is still hurt. He's still dealing with the, uh, what is it? The foot issue. Yeah. It's a heel. It was a heel. And heel, then I think yeah. he had a quad or something else pop up this week. Okay. I mean, so if they were smart, they'd try to reduce his usage a little bit. That's one of the reasons why we said, uh, when the question came up earlier, we said James Robinson is a person you're going to want to sit. It's just the injury. Also, I frankly don't touch the coaching, trust the coaching staff as much, but LaVisca Chenault's the talent is there, man. And if you've got a, a bunch of Rams players and you have no other choice, I would say I'm okay starting LaVisca Chenault and come back next week and tell me that you hate me because he put up five for 21. <laughs> Dude, go get him in Dynasty at your trade deadline. Yes, actually, that that's the freaking play here. Go get him in Dynasty. Trevor Lawrence is going to get better. Okay, uh, Marvin Jones is old. I like Marvin Jones. He's he's a he's a baller, but he's getting old up there. Uh, DJ Chark's probably gone next year. He's a he'll be a UFA, and um, Lavisca Chenault is going to be king dog in that offense. So I say go get Lavisca Chenault. I love that 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 call, Mike. Uh, let's move on to we're going to skip the uh, the Charger game. Let's talk about Miami at those New York Jets. Yes, let's. Um, so if you got to play Tua as a streamer, I think you can feel fine about that. Yeah. Um, yep. he has, he has QB one capability, not the QB one, but he has, he has capability to be a QB one, a top 12. We've QB. seen it. Yeah, we it. absolutely have. Uh, that receiving core doesn't, and doesn't do anything to inspire confidence. Uh, but don't be afraid of Gusecki's goose egg last week. He had seven targets. I was, I was hoping and praying and begging for something to break his way. And it just didn't. So, um, he's getting the looks Tua loves thrown his way. Um, Start him, feel good about it. Uh, one of my flex plays this week is Miles Gaskin. If for no other reason, then he hits every other week, and this is a week where he's due to hit. Beyond that, though, New York yeah. Jets vomit production to the running backs. They're giving up 40.5 points per game, 189 total yards, seven and a half receptions. Miles Gaskin is the pass catching back in that in that backfield, and he is gonna he's gonna get volume this week. Miles Gaskin is absolutely going to feast. Uh, we're we're on the same page there because I had Miles Gaskin, Miles Gaskin as well as uh, as the flex play of the week. Nice, I absolutely love that. That is sick. And look, even though uh, Mike Jacecki put up the giant goose egg last week with the seven targets, he led the team. Jalen Waddle only had six targets last week. So look, it's kind of an off. That was a strange game, man. Where Miami went in, and they beat Baltimore. 
on Thursday night. Like that was a strange game. They beat the best player in my too. Yeah, it was it was it was just a weird game. Let's just call it what it is. It was a weird game. It's just it's the NFL. You put up your hands, and say, ah, that's just the NFL. You can't can't win them all, right? Uh, but love Miles Gaskin this week. I think that finally you're here. Fantastic fantasy football analysis, Mike. Every odd week, for some reason, Miles Gaskin tends to do well. So <laughs> week eleven, ladies and gentlemen, that is there we go. Odd number. My my grade three, uh, my son who's grade three is just learning about even an odd number. So Ashland, nice. eleven odd number. Let's move on. Oh, on the Jets the... side, Joe Flacco uh, targets oh, ooh, Joe the targets. Joe... No, no, I'm not starting Joe Flacco, but he targets running backs on 20, 28% of his passes. So Michael wheels, up, Carter, wheels up on Michael Carter. Yeah, Flacco's, yeah. Flacco's career yards per attempt is uh, 6.8 as well. So that, that bodes well for a Michael Carter outing. Isn't it crazy? Because Michael Joe Flacco used to have a pretty solid deep ball. Yeah. It's pretty astounding to me that his career is – is just so low, but uh, yeah. um, I actually, I also like James Crowder in this week in, in for this week. I mean, every single week I'm starting James Crowder in PPR leagues. Um, what about Elijah Moore? I'm are you confident? Like, are you confident? Like he's been, he's done well two weeks in a row now, but are we confident in starting Elijah Moore? No, honestly, in this, in this offense, the way that I think this is going to set up, I, I start Ryan Griffin with a little more confidence than I start Elijah Moore with just because it, I think that play I think that, the damn song, right? Oh Get yeah. Out of here, Mike. What, I, what I would like to see out of this jets offense would be Jamison Crowder. We know he's gone at the end of next season. I would like to see them run. I would, well, I would have liked to have seen Mims on one side, Davis on the other, Elijah Moore out of the middle. That's not the way that it's playing out. They're rotating Elijah Moore in on the outside. He's one of three guys that are playing on the outside and Crowder's mm-hmm. occupying the slot. So in that yeah. setup, you feel much better about Crowder than you do about Moore. If you don't have any better options than Moore, I think you can put him in there and, you know, it, it, it's a complete, it's within the range of outcomes for him to get, to catch, you know, seven balls for 50 yards, maybe get in the end zone. So his ceiling is, his ceiling is 20 some points, but I think that his floor is what scares you. It's actually kind of interesting, right? Because when, when Elijah Moore was drafted, they thought it would be kind of redundant and Jamison Crowder would get out. I was telling everybody that, because I'm, I'm a, a stand for Jamison Crowder for, for some damn reason, that Jamison Crowder is a good football player. He's and a great Elijah football Moore, player. The rookie, is not, he, he's not going to usurp him, right? What's yeah. kind of interesting, on the season so far, and this is kind of surprising to me, Jamison Crowder, a slot rate of 71.9%. That's not the surprising part. Elijah Moore only has a 16.5% slot rate. Yeah, they're playing them on the outside, and and frankly, I kind of like that, right? I mean, to me, don't try to force it. If Jameson Crowder is your guy, he's trusty, he's reliable. Maybe test out this this young stud wide receiver and see what he can do. And frankly, the last couple of weeks, he's doing it, so I love it. Elijah Moore can't do it with confidence, but he is somebody that's if you if you're desperate, throw him in there because look, talent sometimes does win out, but. It's just so questionable with, with Joe Flacid in there. I just I, – I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Uh, anything else before we move on to the last game of the uh, the afternoon slate or the nope. morning and afternoon slate? Okay. Last game we're going to talk about New Orleans at Philadelphia. Uh, this one's kind of a lower over-under. It's 42.5 points. Um, and uh, Philly is actually favored in this one, which is, once again, kind of surprising to me That's by shocking. three points. Yeah, but uh, I mean, who does it's Philly in Philly. have? It's in Philly. Trevor Simeon, Taysom Hill is questionable to play. We don't know if he's going to play or not. Um, Alvin Kamara is out again, so you're starting Mark Ingram. Let's talk about New Orleans first. Yeah, I think Eagles on that's... are not good. Go ahead. I was so going to say think... the the 
Mike, you talk first. You go. It's all, all you, baby. So it's all you. On the, New, on the New Orleans side, uh, I think one of the things that led to Ingram's output last week was the fact that there wasn't really anybody behind him. It looks like Thomas Jones is coming back this week, so you could look for Thomas Jones to chip away at that volume a little bit. Philly is Philly's decent against Philly's decent against the run. Um, they're they are not good at all against the pass, uh, but I don't know yeah. that that Trevor Simeon really has anybody to throw to. Deontay Harris has some boomer bust potential, but he's not getting enough volume. If you need to, need to, need to, for some some ungodly reason, play a New Orleans path catcher, you're playing Adam Troutman. Uh, Philly is the worst Ooh. in the NFL against the tight end in points per game and DVOA. Last four weeks against the tight end. 35 receptions, 411 yards, and three touchdowns. It's Trout season. As, as the great Bob Harris would say, Fire the fish missile. This week. <laughs> what about Juwan Johnson though? This is a a, a preseason darling. Are you taking? A, would you take a dart? Like you're not starting him seasonal in DFS or or even like if you're betting, you say you're you're prop betting any anytime touchdown. Maybe Juwan Johnson. Maybe for an anytime touchdown. Maybe Avante Maddox. Uh, Juwan Johnson plays a decent amount out of the slot, I believe, and Avante Maddox has been playing well. Um, really where Philly gets torched on through the air is the second outside receiver. So Slay, Slay usually covers the first. So whoever's playing opposite Slay is where that production comes from. So um, that's why the, that's why Deontay Harris has that boomer bust potential. I don't think there's anybody that Slay is going to travel with this week, so he'll stay home. So whoever, whoever's opposite him is where that production is going to go. So ladies and gentlemen, the reason we invite Mike Dickinson onto the show is because he actually provides real fantasy football analysis versus myself, who's a bit of a clown, just kind of you know pretending out here. But Mike, that is some solid analysis. Don't play Juwan Johnson, but definitely play Adam Crowman. Um, yeah. I, Thank you, week 11. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, let us get to the evening games. The, the Sunday night game, this is going to be another fun one, man. I think uh, the LA Chargers versus Pittsburgh. The Chargers are favored by six and or by six points. They've lost three out of their last four games, and uh, the Steelers have a lot of defensive players out though. So, can we trust the Chargers again this week? Are the Chargers back? Uh back. I don't know. Um, I th- I think that Williams. I think that Williams has an injury that's kind of lingering, and that's really that's holding the Chargers' offense back a little bit. Mike I think Williams? when he. Yeah, I think he, I yeah. I read that that he had a that he had a he got dinged up with a knee, and he's been working through it, but he's not been at a hundred percent. So, if you that knowing that, it makes a little bit more sense. When he was healthy at the beginning of the season, they were they were blowing the top off the <sighs> offense. He was yeah. putting up that production. It was opening it up underneath for Eckler. Eckler was getting room to maneuver. Um, Allen wasn't necessarily getting the targets that that he normally would see. But as you've seen the last couple of weeks, Allen's been getting more of those looks. Uh, Herbert's been playing much more conservatively. I don't know if that's coming from the coaching or if that's a function of Williams not being hundred percent. But um, I think it, I think in this game though, I mean, listen, Pittsburgh has everybody, everybody, everybody injured. Uh, TJ Watt, TJ Watt is out for this game. Joe Hayden is out for this game. Yep. Uh, Mika Fitzpatrick is on the COVID list. So yep. uh, I think I think I just got a text message. I might be playing linebacker for for the uh, Steelers this week. So <laughs> um, I think because Pittsburgh is so decimated on the defensive side of the ball, you feel good. You feel good about LA. This LA is only a six point favorite. So if you can if you can get this before that line moves, I think with with Pittsburgh's announcements, I would expect that line to start to move. If you can get it at minus six, I would go and try and grab it. 
Yeah, and uh, I mean, I don't know how much you you play in these uh, these East Coast teams going to the West Coast. I mean, I guess test is Pitt, we consider Pittsburgh East Coast. I mean, it's it's kind of yeah, like Pennsylvania yep. type area, right? But um, yeah, traveling cross country, Monday night game. I, I feel like yeah, this, this could be a letdown game for the Steelers a little bit. Uh, although Chase Claypool is back, Deontay Johnson is he's a stud of studs. Deontay Johnson's a guy you should try to go trade for. I feel like he still doesn't quite have the luster of those high-end wide receivers. And uh, man's a stud, and I, Ben's gone, right? Why did Mason Rudolph st- start last week? I, I just don't get that. You kind of know what you have with the guy, right? It's yeah, I mean, me. it it must mean that Dwayne Haskins is just that bad. I mean, I guess, hey? he was a, a first-round draft pick that just got straight-up cut. So maybe he is that bad if – if you're starting he Mason Rudolph be. over him, I mean, you would you would at least think though that he could give you some upside that Rudolph doesn't offer, but uh, it doesn't look like that. I think you know it, it's kind of like the uh, the Jameis Winston scenario, right? Where it's like, all right, this guy might be able to have a a, a much better upside and, and can really push the ball down the field, but he also has the potential to absolutely just lose the game for us. Whereas Mason Rudolph maybe is a little bit more conservative. He knows the offense probably a lot better, and well, he's not fantastic. He has that that higher floor, which is just a conservative play. Don't love it, but yeah, is what it is. Um, I think they're Najee hoping Harris, he does, man. They're hoping he doesn't make the mistake to cost you the game. I think that's what that's what the coaching staff is hoping for out of Rudolph. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Najee Harris is number eight matchup on the week. The Chargers are great against quarterback, and they're great against the wide receiver. So it's going to be a hell of a game for Najee Harris. Yeah, Linval Joseph is questionable. Uh, actually, Linval Joseph is doubtful. So if he's out, uh, I don't know if, if Bosa is cleared off the COVID list or not. But if Joseph is out, Harris could. Harris, or yeah, Harris Bosa's easily. not vaccinated, which is shocking, right? Um, so yeah. has it been ten days since he was I, since he went on? I don't know I if it has. Double been. check that. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know if it has or not. I it I, for some reason I feel like he went on late in the week last week. I feel like it was Friday or Saturday he went on last week. Yeah, so I could I be, it'll be ten I, days. Yeah, I don't think it will. So I think that Najee's ceiling is the running back one this week, especially with the matchup that year that uh, Jonathan Taylor has. I'm gonna, oh, Jonathan Taylor, man, oh, too bad, too bad. Let's yeah. see here. Oh, he has a chance to play in Week Eleven according to Adam Schefter. So okay. we'll see. That was yep. as of yesterday. Yesterday evening, so we okay. will we'll see. Uh, I mean, look, you're, you're starting Najee no matter what, but <clears throat> it could go from a great ma- matchup to a fantastic matchup. So Monday night game, <clears throat> those New York Giants at Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. That, this one's going to be another interesting one. It's one of the the higher overrunners of the, of the slate. Forty nine point five points. We know that AJ, um, uh, excuse me, Antonio Brown. <laughs> is out for the game. He's throwing me off too many Browns. Um, so it's Chris Godwin season. You're probably starting Mike Evans, even though he's not really getting the targets. He's still getting the touchdowns. Gronk has a chance to be back. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, Evans scares you a little bit. He's going to get Bradbury. Um, Bradbury has not given up more than five catches or more than 80 yards all season this year. So it could be uh, start Evans. Obviously, he's a he's an every week starter for you in redraft. Stay away from him in DFS, but temper your expectations. Yeah. Um, Gronk so it's Chris back. Godwin season then. Yeah, it's Godwin season. 
Yep, I'm saying it's Godwin season. Uh, if Gronk's back, you play him. And uh, don't sleep on Gio Bernard. The Giants have given up over uh, about 500 passing yards to running backs this season. So um, they're a little bit they're a little bit uh, more stout against the run than they are uh, against uh, receptions to running backs. Yeah, so the, on the Giants side, we actually finally have some healthy players. Uh, Kenny Galladay is looking to be back. Kadarius Tony is looking to be back. Saquon Barkley was limited, but it looks like he's probably going to play mm-hmm. that one's going to be that one's going to be tough though right is he actually confirmed in yet i'm, I'm not sure as of i don't think morning. he is i think he's still he's still a possibility yeah. so that one's a little bit questionable just because it's the monday night game are you going to start him i mean if you have no other choice you kind of roll the dice on it um hopefully if but, you have uh, him, you, you picked up booker so that if he doesn't so that if barkley yeah. doesn't go you can start booker are you starting Kadarius tony or kenny galladay with any sort of confidence uh so if shepherd sits I will take I will take Kadarius Tony. Um, the, the, Shepard was a surprise participant in practice yesterday. That's interesting. Yeah. So I think again, this one is going to come down to a game time decision. So if you have Shepard and Tony, you're fine with it. If you have one or the other, I would honestly probably sit both of them because yeah, if you, because if you don't, you're going to get caught. Um, New York, the slot receiver has the best matchup when it comes to the Tampa Bay corners. The Tampa Bay corners have not been good this year, but probably because their run defense has been so good. Teams have well, had to hurt. Pass. Yeah, They're teams have, yeah, teams have had to pass against them. Um, but the slot gets the best matchup against Tampa Bay. So whoever ends up going in that slot, whether it's Shepard or whether it's Tony, those that's the that's the guy that you want in your lineup. Yeah, look, so, so Sterling Shepard. This is a guy that when he's on the field, he is still Daniel Jones's favorite target. Um, I wouldn't necessarily condone starting him this week just because you don't know if he's going to play. It's the Monday night game. Keep him on your bench. But if he's available on waiver wires, which in a lot of leagues he probably is, especially in your PPR leagues, go and stash him, man. This could be a good depth play as you go into the the final uh, four weeks leading up to the playoffs. And he is a player that I'm comfortable starting every single week if he's healthy and he's confirmed healthy. Now, of course, you know he's made a glass, so there's always a risk of getting hurt. But if he's in, it's it's the same risk as any other player. Uh, in the NFL, they can get hurt. So starting with confidence. So, Mike, we did it. We made it through the entire slate. Hopefully, we uh, <laughs> hopefully we had some pretty good analysis here. I think we did. Um, tell the good people how they can find you and talk to you and communicate with you. You can find me on Twitter at Mike underscore Dickinson. Again, I am a very, very poor follow, but I am great at engaging. So if you ask me questions, I will get back to you and answer them to the best of my ability. Even if you want to just talk shit, Mike is a great guy to talk shit to on fantasy football Twitter. It's just it's just a lot of fun, man. We're 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 building up the community here. Uh, thanks again for coming on the show. I, yeah, I will absolutely. say that you are probably going to become one of these Flex Network staples. Um, awesome. You're welcome to come on anytime. Um, awesome. Don't tell Brandon, but I like having you on too. Uh, <laughs> I love it. And, I love uh, it. Yeah, my, my favorite time of the year to actually go and record is Dynasty season. Um, I yeah. am a total degenerate with Dynasty. My my favorite part is just learning about these new players, understanding the analysis, uh, giving our takes. So we're going to have you on the off season as well. Cool. Um, I'm looking so, forward to it. Sorry, Mike, we've got our claws in you now and you're not going to be able to get out. So, so welcome to the flex network. Of I course, I am proud to be Shane. part of it. There you go. Proud, proud to have you on here. Um, I'm of course, flex Shane. You can follow me on Twitter at the flex network one. If you've made it to the end of the show, please like, please subscribe. Um, Mike, Chad, uh, Bali, Jennifer, thank you for interacting on the show. This is why we're here, man. We're not just doing this because, you know, we're like, well, we'd be here if nobody watched, but it's way more fun with the fact that we've got engaging followers. Um, we're slowly growing, man. 
this is the, we're getting there, Mike. We're slowly starting to make a, uh, a dent on the crazy world that is the internet. So thank you for all those who have already liked and subscribed and subscribed to our podcast. For those of you who haven't, please do so. Uh, we really appreciate it. And of course, um, we're going to be here to guide you to the fantasy football playoffs and help you win and dominate your league. So with that, for Brandon, for Mike, I'm Flex Shane. We are the Flex Network. This is the Flex Network. <laughs> this is the Flex Network. Flex on them. Flex on everybody. This right here is the Flex Network.